Welcome to the Right Fight Podcast. I'm Kenny Vaughn. I'm here with my wife, Tammy. Hello. We're talking about how to live a loving life. I want to start this one by thanking Tammy. And I know, and just so y'all know, I guess I want to say this as well. You know, if I listen to this podcast, I'd be thinking, man, why is that guy always talking? Why didn't, his let, why didn't he let his wife talk more? I like hearing from her. Every time she opens her mouth, it's wisdom, and this guy won't shut up. <laughs> and so so that that's what I'm thinking when I'm listening, and it has to be what some of you guys are thinking. I just want you to know I beg her to talk more all the time. <laughs> Am I lying? No, you're not lying. <laughs> I'm like, please talk more, baby. Like, you know interrupt me at any time. I've given her like five different cues to give me that mean stop talking so I can talk. <laughs> and and uh, so I want her to talk more and to share more because she has so much wisdom and, uh, and truth. But I just want to thank you for joining, uh, joining me because we wouldn't, I wouldn't have continued without you. And like, just as an example, before this podcast, I was really, really short on where to go and, and what to talk about and what to do with it. But every time we sit down at home and just hash through, or we, we, we just, you, you bring up a subject or I bring one up and we chat our way through it. And then I hear your little insights. Um, I don't know. It, it just always works. You know, by the time we're finished chatting, it's like, okay, we can talk about that and that can help people. You know, those are truths that can make a difference in someone's life. So everything in my life, my whole life, since I've met you, um, it's been better. And all of the hardest things I've ever had to do have been possible because you were with me and you were seeing me through it, you know, starting all the way back to where all this started as a ski jumper and you encouraging me and writing scriptures on my equipment and, and just everything you've ever done. You know, I'll never forget I had crashed right before na- the Nationals that we ended up winning. It's two weeks before, and I was quitting and because I was beat up, and I looked like an idiot with this big old goose egg on, between my eyes. <laughs> and I looked in the mirror. I was just like, this is insane. Why am I doing this? And and so I decided to quit, and I told you, and I really expected you to say, thank God. But instead, you said, what do you mean? Like how you can't, and you kept me going. And so you kept me going here. You keep me going. You got out. So thank you. And then we need you to talk more. Thank you very much. Thank you for loving me. Yeah, no, thank you for loving me. That's, excuse me. That's not what the podcast is about. But I I just, I just felt compelled to say that. And I want everybody to know I'm not over here, not letting her talk. I want her to talk more. (laughs) So on to exactly what we're here to talk about. And this is this is a, uh, another tough one for me, and one I'm still sorting out. I would love y'all's insight because I, I'm, I mean, I still don't fully understand this, especially in my case because I had an amazing father. Um, but the question is, you know, why do we struggle to listen to our parents? And I kind of set this up a little bit just from my own experience, and and. And for me, it wasn't just as a teenager. You know, I listened. I mean, I always listened to my dad. But I had a, there was just something that, there was a switch that often just shut him off. And not that I didn't listen or that I was disrespectful. I pretended to listen. 
but I just went to this place of there goes dad again, you know, and and I would I would I wouldn't listen to the person that I knew was probably the smartest man I ever met. I mean, I mean, my dad was I mean, he wasn't just he didn't just love me and he loved me like. I don't know any, I don't know anybody that had a better father or more loving father. Nothing he ever said or did to me that I can remember wasn't for my sake. I had no one that was a greater fan. I had no one that pulled more from me. And he was an intellectual giant and not just an intellectual giant in that, you know, he helped develop some of the first computers, program them, Exxon Mobil, sent him all over the country to train other plants, um, help write some of their initial code. I mean, it just, he understood everything. I mean, from that to wiring and electricity. And I remember 20 years ago, my dad telling me one day, Kenny, and this is before anybody could even consider it, maybe 30 years ago. He's like, you know, one day there's going to be a chip developed and they're going to be able to place it in your skin or somewhere in your body he wasn't advocating this, okay? He was just telling me what was going to happen. And you're going to be able to talk to me, and I'm going to be able to talk to you, and neither one of us are ever going to say a word. You know? And every like everything my dad ever told me, I'm watching come true. And I knew how smart he was. I knew how much he loved me. I knew all of that. But whenever he would stop me when I was going the wrong direction... Or whenever he would, when I was doing something I thought was right, and he would try to tell me why it wasn't right or why it was wrong, I would go into my "there goes dad again" mode, and I would just kind of shut him off. I'm talking about, I mean, even in my 40s and 50, you know, 50s now, before we lost him, I would still catch myself. Now later in life, I would do that, and I would I would I would slap myself around a little bit and go, "What are you doing? You know, listen to your dad. You know, listen. I, I, I'm not saying do everything your parents tell you to do, or that your children should do everything you tell them to do. But there's no one we should listen to more, but we tend not to. And I, and I want to give you an example, and then we'll talk a little bit about you know what maybe what some of the solutions are or what. I don't really know. Maybe y'all have some help for me. But what I'm wrestling with and trying to find my way through it, because now we have children, and our children are, you know, mid, late teens, and then early 20s. And, <laughs> I mean, I see the look in their eye that I know I had in my own eye when it was, here goes dad again, you know. But this is just one example. Um, my dad used to, towards the end of my skiing and jumping, he, he drove the boat. And so he drove me most of the time. And before I gave it up, you know, before I got hurt the last time and ended up, well, I don't like to say that I gave it up. I'm still trying. <laughs> Even though I hadn't jumped in a long time, <laughs> I'm still thinking I may go back there. I feel old when I say I gave it up. But he, he used to, anyway, he used to tell me, he would tell me, hey, Kenny, there's a certain way when we ski that we pull up next to the boat and we would turn and we would sink into the water, and we would slow down to probably 10 or 15 miles an hour, and then the boat would catch up to us, and then we would come out of that hole. It looked really cool. You know, that was the best part about it. It was like if somebody got up there, they passed the boat up, 
they sink down the water and then they would see how far they go turn. You turn almost 90 degrees. And then whenever you, the boat would catch up to you, it'd pull you out of that hole and it would slingshot you into the ramp. You would build all this speed and try to get the longest jump. Everybody did it that way. All the best skiers in the world did it that way. Everyone did it that way. My dad, one, one summer, he was like, Kenny, you know, and dad hadn't jumped in 40 years at the time. He was an old jumper, but he was like, I'm thinking that there's a better way to do that. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. dad, let's hear it. You know, I mean, of course there's a better way. And of course, you know it. You had not jumped in all these years and all the best gears in the world aren't doing it this way. But, you know, what are they doing? And so he was just saying, you shouldn't lose so much speed into that turn because if you lose all that speed going into that turn, you have to build it back. And when, when you lose the speed into the turn and you have to build it back, you have to endure the insane pull from the boat and all the extra centrifugal forces and everything else involved that almost make it so much harder to stay in the right body position. And that if you would just carry more speed into your turn and not turn quite as hard, but make a longer swooping turn, you would probably carry more speed across behind the boat and into the ramp. You would have less of the insane pull for the short period of time to get to rebuild that speed you can endure it better you've been in a better body position and you would jump further and as as smart as that sounds to me i was like dad that no one does that so i wouldn't do it finally he said you know what kenny why don't you um let's get a radar gun you know and let's just try it at least once you know let me radar you and we'll try it your way and then we'll try it this other way. And if you're going faster your way, keep doing it your way. But if you're not, try it this other way and see if that'll help you go further. And I wasn't interested in a radar gun. I, I was like, Dad, I'm not interested in all that. Like, to me, everything he was saying was foolishness, I think, because it was coming from my dad. I think if it had been coming from the U.S. team coach, I would have listened and probably seen the wisdom in what he was saying. But with my dad... I had a switch that I had developed that was blinding me to his wisdom. And and I say this because fast forward 25, 30 years now, the whole sport has evolved to what my dad was teaching me. Mm -hmm. Someone else eventually figured it out. He was trying to teach me, trying to get me to try. Someone else eventually figured it out. All the world records got broken. Everybody's jumping further with less effort. And I'll sit around and I'll watch that and I go, Dad was telling me that before anyone ever knew it, but I wouldn't listen. So I wonder, you know, like, why why wouldn't I listen? And why did I have a switch? And I don't know the answer to this question. You know, if you do, Tammy, or if somebody out there does, email me, you know, uh, text us or DM on uh, Instagram. Why do why do we develop these switches? And I'm not talking about a dad who did all the things that would make someone never want to listen to him. Like I'm talking about the most loving dad I ever knew. Did your daddy leave you alone when he when he could see that you really weren't responding to what he was telling you? And and like when did the light come on for you that hey my dad was really right yeah you know um dad would and that's a great question you know like 
And I wonder that, what can I do? Because, I, because we have children now, so I'm, I'm going, okay, all of that, I've been where they are. I see them developing these switches, you know, in certain areas. Our children are very loving and respectful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to paint a picture that they're not. But I also see the switch in their eyes, you know. And so I think, you know, what, what, what can I do different? Is there anything I can do? And what did Dad do? And Dad, Dad um, you know, he, when I think back on that specifically in the jumping, I mean, he went on for about probably three or four weeks, you know, almost a month of the summer, and he didn't nag me, and we shouldn't nag. Mm-hmm. When we start nagging, then we start becoming the problem. When we start getting angry and, and throwing fits because our children won't listen to us and do what we told them to do, now, you know, that, that's when we start becoming the problem. When they're young and we have the, the influence over what they're doing and what they're not doing, then we should not let them do things that we know they shouldn't and do everything we can to get them to do things we know they should. But, um, but you know, at this age in my life, dad couldn't make me do anything. So he didn't, he didn't nag me. He was kind. He tried to present it in as many angles and ways that he knew to. But when I think back on that, the one thing I wish he would have done is, is everything like he did it. Cause there was nothing he, nothing he could have done different. I think in communicating to me, that I can't think of anything that would have made me go, oh, wow, I need to stop and listen to dad and totally open my mind and my heart. I need to tear down this wall that I didn't even, that I've somehow built. It's a switch that whenever, when I hear him, I flip this switch and I'm blocking him out and nothing he says will I listen to. Um, I don't think he could have communicated verbally anything, but I do wonder, I was thinking, we were, when we were talking about this earlier today and this question I thought, I wish Dad would have brought the radar gun to the lake. Not that he did anything wrong. He did everything he could. But I think, and I'm just introducing this because sometimes there's something else we can do as a parent. Now I'm going from parents' perspective to our children, and I'm thinking, what can we do with our children? Because if he'd have brought the radar gun to the lake, I think... I would have said, okay, try it. Mm -hmm. And if we'd have tried it and I'd have seen the difference in the speed and I'd have felt how much more controllable it was, um, then I'd have humbled myself. Mm -hmm. I'd have been like, dad, you're, you're a stinking genius. (laughs) Like no one's ever even considered this. Mm -hmm. Your team coaches don't know it. Nobody's teaching this. We're about to jump out front of everybody, and nobody's going to know what we're doing, and I'm not going to tell them, <laughs> you know? And so, but but my point with that simply is this, you know, as a parent, and from the parent's perspective with our children now, when they aren't listening, what I want to do is just, I want to, there's a couple things I want to do. One, I want to nag. Mm-hmm. I'm, I want to just, you know, pound it into their head, because I'm like, you are not listening and you're, 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 you're ignorant. You're blind. I see you flipped your switch. You're not listening to a word I have to say, and I want to pound it into him. And then if that pounding in doesn't work, the next thing I want to do is I want to say, oh, well, go learn it the hard way. Mm-hmm. And so I want to bail completely and almost wish that they would crash so that I can see them learn that I was right. And none of that is, the right thing to do i don't think and i don't think we should bail i I think we should gently persist 
And then we need to pray, man. Like, just pray, God, what can I do different than I'm doing for them in a way that it would communicate the truth I'm trying to communicate and somehow remove myself from it because I realize that I'm what they won't listen to? Or is there someone else I know? Is there someone else that 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 could speak the same truth into their lives in a way that they would hear it whenever they can't hear it from me? And sometimes it's not your fault that they can't hear it from you. And sometimes it is our fault that they can't hear it from us. You know, I mean, I mean, as children, they should listen whether it's our fault or not. But sometimes we do do things that make it harder, a lot harder for them to listen to us. And so I don't know. I, I just want to, I want to, I want to be a better father to our children and I want to be able to communicate to them. I don't just want, not so that I'm a wise father, but so that they become wise people mm-hmm. and that they make good decisions. And so I want to pray about and think about, you know, what can we do, you know, and God's word tells us, you know, the importance mm-hmm. of honoring and listening to our parents and, and what that does, not for our parents, but for us. Mm-hmm. And so, I don't know, it's a tough subject, but you got a few scriptures you want to share with us. Yeah, um, they all come from Proverbs, and the first one is Proverbs nineteen twenty seven. It says, Stop listening to instruction, my son, and you will stray from the words of knowledge. Proverbs nineteen twenty says, Listen to advice and accept discipline, and at the end you will be counted among the wise. Proverbs thirteen one says, A wise son hears his father's instruction but a scoffer does not listen to rebuke. And then the last one, Proverbs 13, 18, poverty and disgrace come to him who ignores instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is honored. So you're saying that we should not nag them um, or just kind of just give up and do nothing. That that would be not good to do, but what would you say would be the best possible thing? You said to pray, and then maybe if you're not the person to step back and let somebody else speak into their lives, which to me would be so hard because I would want to take control of the situation and do it myself. But is that what you're saying? Like you need to pray about it, and if it if it's not you, then step back and. Okay, I'm glad you brought that up because I want to be careful with the step back part. You know, um, I I don't mean just let our kids go or step away from our children or step out of their lives. I just mean that um, and and or turn them over to someone else to lead and direct them and all that good stuff. I just mean that as if, if we've done all that we can and all we're doing is frustrating them at this point, um, I tend to want to either at that point, it's like the easiest thing to do is to just start pleasing them mm-hmm. and just act like everything is fine, even though they're headed a direction that we know is not good. Um, I don't think we should do that. That's not what I mean by step back. I just mean that, you know, after you've told somebody the same thing so many times, 
they know what you're going to say and they already know what you're thinking. And they, they're, they're, in other words, they're fully, they fully understand at this point. And now you're just beating a dead horse. Mm-hmm. And if you get to that point, I'm not suggesting that you turn your children over, you step out of their lives and let somebody else become their mentor or any of that. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying on this particular issue, you need to ask God, okay, how else can this truth be communicated to them? Because they're not getting it from me. Yeah. Like I've, I've, I've tried everything I know and they're not hearing it. And I can see that they're flipping the switch. Mm-hmm. They're turning me off. Is there, is there someone else that we would trust in their life to speak to this matter, you know, I'm not saying, Hey, okay, I did all I could as a parent. I'm gonna hand you off somebody else to parent. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. saying that at all. I just mean in this matter, is there something that someone else could share in your life? Because a lot of times, I mean, so many times in my own life, I heard not just this skiing example, but so many multiple examples of my dad Mm -hmm. telling me things long before I heard or saw it anywhere else. And I thought it was, to me, it was dumb because why would dad know? He don't know what he's talking about. Um, he's not an expert in that field or whatever it was. And then years later, find out, you know, I'd hear it from someone else who was some kind of expert. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, I believed it, you know. And then I snapped. Wow, dad was saying that all along. So sometimes a, another influence can be helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we – I think the important thing is is – when we step back, or if, I don't know if that's the right word, but when, when we stop pressing in at the very least, like, hey, you know what? Me pressing anymore is just pushing them away. Mm-hmm. When we get there, I don't think we should fold. I don't, I, don't, I don't think we should surrender our ground, meaning, okay, whatever you want to do is fine with me. I don't think we should do that. Mm-hmm. I think we should, they are clear that what we stand for and what we believe is truth and what we believe is best for them. We just don't keep nagging them, and we and, and we let them know we love them even though they're doing that. And I think, especially when you're dealing with difficult things and you have to address it on a regular basis, some one of the things that can happen is that the majority of your communication with your children is negative, you know, or maybe it's positive influence, but it's hard and it's difficult mm-hmm. stuff and it's things that they don't want to hear. And if we, if, if we, when we're having to do a lot of that, I think it's important to also do a lot of things that are totally unrelated to that. Like we need to go fishing yeah. and we don't need to talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we, we need to go to the park and we don't need to talk about that. We need to go for a ride in the car and we don't need to talk about that. So we need, I think we need more, we need to do something intentionally that communicates, I love you despite our disagreement so that we maintain the relationship Mm -hmm. while we're going through it. And I think that helps keep the door a little open so that they don't, so it doesn't make it easy for them to just block us out completely. So yeah, leak, pray about it. I think seek, if there's somebody else you think can speak that truth into their lives, then um, you can give that a shot. And, and, but don't bail. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. So when we back off and months or weeks go by, I never make it months. (laughs) Even when I'm, even when I'm trying to back off, I'm old. I'm you know, we always got all, I got all these little sly words I throw into a conversation (laughs) that just got to remind everybody. 
you know, yeah, or, or something happens. I'm like, yeah, I, I know. That's exactly what I'm trying to tell you in this right. other area. And um, so we shouldn't lead them believe lead them to believe that we're okay with what they're doing mm-hmm. when we don't believe that thing is best for them. They should stay aware that we don't support that. And when it comes up, and, and every now and then, if it doesn't come up, we probably need to bring it up again mm-hmm. uh, for their sake. We don't need to nag them, and we need to try to consider, is there another way? Mm-hmm. to communicate the truth in a way that they won't just block me out. Yeah. And I'll wrap it with this. When you read those scriptures, I used to, when I would hear those scriptures, I would think I would think it meant this. I would think if you listen to your parents, if you honor your parents, if you do these things, like in, in each of these cases, basically the theme was this. When you listen to honor and respect your parents, good things happen. You know what I mean? You're going to have wisdom. You're going to have a blessed life. You know, these things are going to happen to you. So I, when I would read that, I would think it meant if you do this, God is going to do this to you. And if you don't listen to them, God's going to do bad things to you. I don't think that's what it means. I think what it's telling you, I think it's warning you. I think it's telling you, you know, that if, if you don't listen to wisdom, from your parents, you set yourself up for failure because you're going to have to learn the hard way. I mean, literally, I I, I sit around and think, what would have happened if I listened to my dad hmm. when he was talking about that? Like, I wonder what I cheated myself out of hmm. as a skier. You know, I wonder if the last injuries I sustained, I wouldn't even sustain them if I'd have listened to my dad. So I don't know. I'm not going to haunt myself mm-hmm. with that, although it haunts me sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, you know, it's not that God's doing these things. You God's trying to warn you. He's saying, you know, please listen. And if you don't, I'm just telling you, this is, you can learn it your own way if you mm-hmm. want to. So God loves you. Mm-hmm. And, if, and if you're really lucky and you're really blessed, you got parents who love you. And if you don't, you got people who love you. And we got his wisdom and his word, and we got other people who can speak wisdom into our lives. And I, I guess end it with this. You should listen to everyone. And and if you have a switch inside you, sometimes um, we don't intend to develop those, but if you have a switch inside you, you need to practice turning. When it comes on, you need to practice turning it off. Or when it goes off, you need to practice turning it back on so that you will listen to any and everyone you know, our world today, like we have certain people we will listen to and everyone else, we're not going to listen to them. They don't, they don't, they're, they're, they don't believe what we believe. They don't do what we do. We're not going to listen to them. Well, what's wrong with listening and considering? I mean, our goal is to seek truth. Mm-hmm. We talked about this, you know, a couple of podcasts ago about perspective, you know, and, and because if we're really onto the truth, it doesn't matter what we listen to. It's just going to prove the truth to be more true or it's going to reveal to us that we had a false belief. Mm-hmm. Then we need a different truth. So work on your switch if you're young and you have parents that are trying to speak wisdom in your life and you're not listening. Listen and think. Try to set yourself aside. And then if your mom or dad, um, you know, and they got the switch, do your best not to flip it. And if it's flipped, uh, you know, don't beat the dead horse. Make sure they know you love them. Yeah. But don't lay down the fight if it's best for them. Just let them know, you know, I love you. We're enjoying dinner. We're enjoying all these other things, but you know, I don't want you doing that. And anytime it comes up, I'm going to remind you, I don't want you doing that because I love you. And communicate it to them that you do love them and that you absolutely believe that 
this is what you feel is best for them and that that is why you're coming to them with this. That's it. Okay. Hope that makes sense. Y'all send me some communication. I'm still working this one out. Till next time, trust God's word no matter what. And keep your eyes on the horizon. Thanks for listening to The Right Fight Podcast. Make sure to check out Kenny's book, The Right Fight, for more on how to live a loving life. It's available on their website, shieldsofstrength.com, Audible, and all digital platforms. If you have any questions for the podcast, you can email support at shieldsofstrength.com and put podcast as the subject. And make sure to follow Kenny on Instagram and TikTok at John Kennedy Vaughn. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.